Flat Black Plastic Mutiny Radio FM. Thanks to the B for this Coltrane LP that's really warped but sounds really good. And uh, if you can help Mutiny Radio FM out with some dough when you're coming through the website, you, if you click us some mean greens, we on the scene. And uh, also, we have to thank our friends. Our compatriots over at Alfred's House of Trousers, where if you have ants or angst or any other infestation problem in your pants, they can either put that in or take that out. They're, they're trouser people.
place that I lived in was on the street that uh, happened to be one of the dead end streets where there was nothing to block the wind, the elements, nothing to buffer them for me to keep them from knocking my bed down. to see ghetto friends is my thing making loves how i swing i'm your pushing me
Now you can get every record ever recorded. <laughs> yes, in this one-time-only mixed bag special, every record ever recorded. From the same people who brought you hits of 51, 52, Hungarian love songs, songs that begin with the letter P, every possible thing. Every record ever recorded. We mean literally that. Every record ever recorded since recording began, we drive a truck to your house and deliver every single record ever recorded. You get classical. Ich habe genug Kantata 82 by Bach. Ich habe genug. Johnny Cash, I walk the line. Lithuanian language records. Sessa, yes. Sessa, yes. Sessa. Chances are I won't know. Yes, every record ever recorded. Plus, if you act now, an ice crusher. Conrad Jarvis, and I've been dead for six years. But this record offer is so spectacular, I had to come back to tell you about
I show up on time, they never have to worry about me. Rock acts are not known by producers to be particularly reliable. There is a lot of night of the concert going about the producer. Where are the amplifiers? What do you mean they're in Kansas City? They're supposed to be in the room. Where are the roadies? The roadies hallucinating, thinks he's Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> are you not Abraham? Where are the large things with the dials on them? The kid just drove a truck from Portland, Oregon to Chicago in two hours. <laughs> you can't deal with him. I met some people that I've long admired tremendously, like uh, Chuck Berry. It's so much fun to meet him at the Helen Reddy show. We were introduced, we shook hands, and uh, I said, well, to meet you. He said, far out. Isn't that perfect for Chuck Berry, he said? It's so perfect for far out. Would have floored me completely if he had said something like, Hi, Bob, this Watergate thing has got me up a tree. You think he's lying, the one, the, the one today? I don't know. Just a minute, I've got the down and the Anna down and you all me. Oh, that's a B flat. You know. No, he's really Chuck Berry. <laughs> I met Dr. John, Dr. John the Night Tripper. I was doing the midnight special. And I had been going around doing his song to myself for an entire weekend. It must have been the right please. Humming his song everywhere. It must have been. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hey, Hi, Mike. Carl. Thanks for having I am an official co-host now, and I, I welcome our audience. I was going to thank you, but there's no need to thank you. I'm a regular. You've been a regular on this show for, I don't know, the second year. We've been oh, I've been the... regularly booked. Yes. We're right now streaming first on mutinyradio.fm, the Internet's uh, radio station from San Francisco. You can listen to us every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We follow Found Round Sound with Scotto at noon, and we're right before Ugly Sundays. Uh, so you can tune in to mutinyradio.fm 
uh, beginning at noon PST and listen to some music, then watch a movie with us, and then listen to more music. How about that? We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. We also have a podcast by our acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We also have a YouTube channel that uh, Colin, that Carl, sorry, Car, uh, Carl. That's all right. Seen. Colin's equally as much a friend as me. <laughs> like the uh, same level. We, we are here on YouTube as well. Uh, you can watch us yourself. Hey, look, I'm wearing my new movie radio shirt. Exclusive. Oh, yeah. wow. Uh, Holy cow. Those, you can't just get those for free. Mike Spiegelman's wearing a Mutiny Radio Comedy <laughs> Festival in Los Angeles. That's like the last year and a half. Um, so, you can follow us on the YouTube, you can follow us on our podcast, or you can stream here as right now on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny Radio can use your donations. Go ahead to Venmo. Donate at Mutiny Radio. Carl, what is the movie we are watching? What full-length movie are we watching today? Today we will watch The Kid Brother, 1927. The Kid Brother, okay. 1927. The channel we like is titled Films. Way to hit it over the head. It's what, Films. What's that the catch? What's like. the catch? Okay, so go ahead and type in The Kid Brother. That's from 1927, and that's a special year. We'll tell you in a sec. It is hosted by the channel <coughs> Films. 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 Click the link, hit pause, move it to 000. Uh, we have a really excited Carl produces the show. Song. He yeah. syncs up the videos, yeah. and he interviewed a celebrity comedian. I did. To, yeah. So while you go on YouTube and figure this out, chill out. Carl has an interview with a uh, celebrity comedian. The celebrity comedian will give you talk about himself, herself, and then we'll do the celebrity comedian countdown. And when that comic says go, we go. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown. This time with Gary G. Garcia. Welcome, Gary. What's up, baby? Now, Gary, thank you for having me. Yeah, well, thank you for being there, being here. I mean, I have you here because you are a big-time, hot-shot, headliner comedian. I was excited to get you. But the first thing I want to say is when people look you up, they got to include the G, right? Yeah. G. Garcia. Very important. Otherwise, I come up, uh, when you Google Gary Garcia, I come up, like, on page nine. There's a lot of there's a lot more people named Gary Garcia that are doing much more than I am. <laughs> um, but if you put in Gary G Garcia, I pop right up. Now, you were a epic, epic records recording artist. Yeah, Tell back in uh, 1992. How did you get from there to here? Okay, so we're going back to 92. Tell yeah. me a little bit about that time and what was going on with you in your life. Oh <clears throat> uh, well. We had uh we had we had started what at the time was the first live hip hop band. So huh. it was uh you know live guitar, bass, drums. Uh, we had a live DJ and we had a dude named George who figured the samples and I was the vocalist. Uh-huh. And we were called uh, Smoking Suckers with Logic. Focus <laughs> uh, SSL for short. You know, now, we, we had we had a very brief, very quick pop of light. You know. Got to get into Rolling Stone magazine. You know, I had a little <laughs> article there, first issue of Vibe. So it was very quick, and we faded very fast. Well, we, that is still... We killed ourselves, really. We shot our own foot. Well, a hell of a ride. So what, you guys self-destructed in a way? Yeah, no, in every way. That's exactly uh, what happened. We just, you know, you can't give a bunch of... I, mean, I, I was 22 at the time. 
when we got signed, we got signed uh, for like eight hundred thousand. It was a very large. It was a very large uh, deal for a first time band, and uh, everything was looking really good. But our head blew up before the album did. <laughs> our head blew up even before the album came out. I mean, we were twenty two. We didn't have no guidance. So you know, here it is. We're taking two two thousand four two two five. I played with Biggie Marley. I was playing with KRS. Wow. I played with Julian Lennon, and you know. And uh, well, we also got—I should mention—we got kicked off the Bob Marley tour, I mean, yeah. uh, the Ziggy Marley tour, because um, of our antics. We were a little crazy. It was, it was a lot of kids from the street, and uh, you know, a lot of things happening quick, and no, nobody knew. We were, we were just wild, man. We went on tour, and that was the end of it. Once we got back from the tour, we left. They gave us a twelve-passenger van to go on tour, brand new. When we when we bought it back, it looked like it was from Road Warrior. Wow. The windshield was completely shattered. I hit like a wild turkey, five miles an hour in cruise control. <laughs> it was insane. It was an insane ride, but it was fun. You know, we had some moments. I got a song in uh in um Street Fighter Two, the animated movie. Uh huh. They got one of my songs in there. Awesome. I got a couple of movies. It was cool. Yeah, that's very cool. I mean, I I understand that it fell apart, you know. Yeah, but then we got blackballed, movie. which is very true. You can get blackballed. I, I thought that was a myth, but it's actually very true. You can get blackballed. You know, we had all the majors coming after us when we first signed with Epic, but then when we broke up with Epic, nobody wanted to touch us. Word was out, not to even look at us. Yeah, and we weren't. We weren't going to be there. We could have probably broke through it. We were very talented, but I didn't have the patience. Mm-hmm. I was young. Now today, I had kids, you're and all that stuff. Started having kids. You are not young anymore, right? Not you're yet. in your fifties, like me. And you're yeah. out there doing comedy. Now, your your base is Atlantic City, and this is the tourist spot. So the crowds are good every single night of the week, right? Tell well, me about this. Pretty much. I mean, the winter it slows down. In the winter, the average, like I said, on a Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, you're probably going to get like 20, sometimes even 15, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, for some reason, Tuesdays, I think it's because they give the free hotel rooms on certain days. So Tuesdays, for some reason, pop. Okay. And uh, then you got the weekends. The weekends carry us through. Saturdays, we're always going to have 100 or more folk shows. We do two shows every night. And uh, we're supposedly opening up another spot down the boardwalk. I'm not really at liberty to say it yet because I don't think it's been completely finalized. Right. But if that's the case, we'll have another room. Before COVID, we have five rooms. So that'll make you have three rooms. Yeah. Then we'll, Well, the Anchor Rock Club, I don't know if we're going through the whole winter. They do a okay. lot of rock shows there too. Right now, we have a deal with them where we're doing uh, Mondays and Tuesdays. Okay. Okay. You know, so uh, what was the, I mean, before COVID, we had five five rooms every single night of the week. I would do a show in Tropicana, run to run, you know, get off the stage, run all the way down because we had another show going on. But I was going on later, run down to Caesars, then run to Bally's, then finish it off over at Showboat. Wow, what a night! Good times, yeah. It was rock and roll, man. Running from show to show, going off. It was great. And each room was usually pretty well. Because there's always going to be people going on. And the good thing about Atlantic City is the people that come out here, unlike New York, I do a lot of shows in New York. I'm out there every Monday. I run a midnight show there called uh, the Not Quite Tuesday Show with my brother Adam Gable. Uh-huh. When I say my brother, I mean my brother in comedy. Um, uh, Adam That's Gable, funny. we run, we run a midnight show there. We've been out there for like been out there doing shows for two years but with the not quite tuesday show it's a full year we just made like a year about three months ago we made a year over there so that's always popping 
but out there it's different because that's tourist also. And yeah. and but the tourists there are from like, you know, you know, even other countries. You get people mm-hmm. from Denmark and England and Ireland and all these different countries, which is great when you when you do well because you know your stuff is universal. You can anywhere can relate yeah. to it. Yeah. But in Atlantic City, the tourists that you get are Ohio, PA, you know, Chicago, Detroit, and, and right. like, you know, uh, Florida. And so when you hit the road, these are people that are actually going to follow you and become fans and stick with you. Having, having two fans in England is great, but it's not <laughs> going to do nothing for my career. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, so the good thing about Atlantic City is it correlates to when I hit the road. Because mm-hmm. the people that see me in Atlantic City, when I come out to their hometown, out to see me yeah, so Atlantic nice. City you know has been been a blessing for me in so many ways even just the time during COVID we were open once they opened up the restaurants we were the only live entertainment in probably anywhere on the East Coast but definitely in Atlantic City there was nothing else open no bars no clubs nothing no live shows we were the only live show we were allowed 60 people and uh we were sold out every single I bet you, yeah. And I was doing two shows a night, 30, 40 minutes a night. There were some nights, I think the longest I did was like an hour and 26 minutes. The longest I've done so far. One night they just let me go. I was like, go as long as you want. Gotcha. Um, but I was, there was a point I was, I, I'll say, and I'll say this boldly, and I'm pretty sure it's true. I was doing more time as a comedian than any other comedian, definitely in the East Coast. Uh-huh. Um, I would probably say the world. I was doing an hour a night, easy. Gotcha. Every single night during, during the lockdown. That's your so job. There was a point where I was just building and building. I, I, it's been a great opportunity for me. Well, yeah, you were talking to me about your comedy special. You've retired all those jokes because yeah. you don't want people to come out and see you. Oh, I saw that on the special, right? That well, means I'm you sure they see me to go home and be like, oh, I didn't, I didn't hear him say that tonight. This is right, right. Too. Now, you've yeah. also got this Rated G podcast. Okay, and yeah. I'm sure it's G from Gary G Garcia and then rated G, which I'm sure it ain't, you know. And I yeah. think Brian no, not. Who's your co host? Brian Brian Licata. Licata. Okay. Yeah. Tell me about this one. Two episodes away right now, which by the time this comes out, I'll be at my hundredth episode. Very nice. It'll be a very big milestone. I've had like some good people on there. I've had uh, uh Jimmy G from um Murphy's Law on there. I mm-hmm. had Tommy Chong from Cheech and Chong. Yeah. I had Eleanor, uh, Eleanor Kerrigan on there. She's a beast comedian. She's also from, um, what was that show, Entourage? Right. So we got some good, some like really good people. And then, and then most of the people you're going to see on my show are people who are going to be stars. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Like they're coming. making noise. They're up there. These are people I believe in. And uh, these are people to watch out for. Tell me about this one. some good some like really good people and then and then most of the people you're gonna see on my show are people who are going to be stars. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Like they're making noise, they're up there, these are people I believe in and uh these are people to watch out for. 
Now, you're no slouch yourself. You've even been on Showtimes. The show was called Billions. Tell me about that experience, how you got cast, what happened there. That, that's, a, that's a lot more big. People always say, you might have seen them on Billions. Yeah. People who don't know me did not see me on Billions. Because, <laughs> you know, I basically you was in the background. I was in the background. I did background acting. I'm very good at, I'm in a couple of movies, depending on the film. But people who know me saw me on, on Billions. Like, people right. who know me call me up like, yo, gee, I just saw you on Billions. <laughs> when we did the shoot, I saw, you know, there were all these seats to the left, and then to the right, there were these two seats. So I already knew. I'm like, that's where the main actors are going to be sitting, you know? Everyone else is going to up on that. So, of course, I picked the seat right next to them. And then everybody saw me do that, so they all started jumping into the seats next to them. And then <laughs> they moved everybody around, but I got to sit right next to the dude, so we knew me throughout the whole thing. So right. technically, I was on show. Yeah, You know what I'm right. saying? So technically, I was on, you know, I was on building. Well, you got a great credit for opening. I made, apparently, I made a, I made a, an impact because they wanted to bring me back, uh-huh. and uh, they couldn't because it was the same season. I was already in it. They realized they already had me on the other one. Somebody else had saw me and wanted to bring me on another episode. Oh, okay. I get typecasted a lot in the uh-huh. background acting thing. I'm always I'm playing not. like a, like a, a prison inmate. <laughs> uh, I had a role where they finally, I was. Uh, Covering attic number three. <laughs> I was I was hoodlum number two. And what's crazy is when, whenever I go, I always go to wardrobe. And right when I walk up, you know, they'll look at me and go, he's You're good, fine. just the way he is. You're fine, yeah. just the Even if I'm playing a recovering addict or or whatever, you just find the way he is. <laughs> I don't funny. know how to take that. That is yeah, well, I mean, you should be offended and all at the same time be like, Well, you know, the truth is I mean, Person's really good at picking the person they want to play. Apparently, I look good. So what are you going to do? Okay, so now, how can people find you out there on the internet, on social media? How do people, I mean, we can Google Gary G. Garcia. Is that the way to do it, or you got to uh, I mean, yeah, that's my thing on everything. Gary G. Garcia is uh, my Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you can go to AC Jokes. You know, they have uh, all the house comedians there, and all my links are there. But if you go to my Instagram, it has my link tree. It'll link you to everything I, I do. It'll link uh-huh. you to the special. Uh, if you want to check out Rated G, that's on um, it's Rated G with Gary G. Garcia and Brian Licata. But if you put in, just get into the Gary G. Garcia, it'll pop up. Yeah. Uh, okay. You just put in Rated G, a bunch of stuff pops up. That's on Spotify. That's on YouTube. I that's do. on. That's on anything where you can get, uh, where you can get podcasts. But... If you want to catch all my episodes, go to Spotify. They still support free speech. Uh, <laughs> my stuff gets pulled on YouTube sometimes within well, a minute, see, yeah, within I, minutes I, that I put it on. That's where I catch you on YouTube because the video goes with it, you know, yeah. it's not just audio. Yeah, on Spotify, they have the videos as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, Spotify, you can now watch videos as well. Great. It's pretty awesome. I also do uh, the JoJo and Scotty morning show every Monday. At 7 in the morning, it's called Conspiracy Mondays on the JoJo and Scotty Morning Show. That's 100.7 FM. And you could also just put in JoJo and Scotty on the Google, and it'll bring up the – not even an app. It just brings up their page. Their you listen live, and you can listen to it from wherever you are. The way you end your show, be scared. They can't control you if, you, if you're not afraid. Yeah, right? How do you say it? How do you say it? Don't let them scare you because they can't control you like that. That's just the truth. But, you know – through fear that we all look like right now they're trying to get us into a position where we're dependent on them we need them to make all the decisions and protect us 
You're never no. going to be fully protected. No one could fully protect you. Nope. You know what I'm saying? The only thing that can protect you is love. All we got is us. We're the ones that can keep each other safe by being kind to each other, and by, by being helpful and by showing love to each other. You know, we can't depend on them. They don't have our best interests. No, no, no. Wonderful sentiment. Now, Gary G. Garcia, everyone at home is poised to press play at the same time as we do here in the studio on YouTube. Here you go. So why don't you go ahead, Gary G. Garcia, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. It. Enjoy the movie. Three, two, one, go. Thank you, celebrity comedian countdown, for that amazing story. Now, usually we're watching silent movies, and I hate it because you have that plunkity, plunkity, plunk piano. But this doesn't. This has some sort of orchestral production, and it makes me very suspicious. In 1990, they did this alternate version. 1990, the Harold Lloyd Trust and Coco Play Productions presented an 82-minute version of the film associated with Fame Television International with a musical score written by Carl Davis. Who is that? I don't know. Who is that? Carl Davis? No. The addition of modern credits stretched the time to 83 minutes. So I don't see modern credits, but this is around 83 minutes, and it does not have the plunkety plunkety piano. No, it actually sounds like a movie mu music. Yeah. You know, doo -doo -doo. And as you watch the film with the music, as I have done, look at that ship. You see that ship? Yeah, yeah. It's a ghost. Yeah. Oh, no. Hey, I'm from the Bay Area. Uh, there was a place called Ghost Ship that burned down, killed a lot of people. We talk about ghost ships. Okay, I understand. Here is the original mammoth medicine show, Professor Powers. But poor Professor Powers has died and left Mary. Mary oh. Powers, not Josh Powers. Mary Powers. Not Squash <clears throat> And she's been talked into keeping the medicine show alive. Oh, you got the monkey? Listen here. Don't let, don't take it from me, Pally. Take it from my monkey. He took one sip of my tonic water and boom! Look at that boner. That monkey boner. This monkey will give us some funny stuff. Now that's Flash who just stuck his head out and he is like... Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. He's speaking with Flash right now. The other dude is a real scumbag. He's like the, the muscle man of the show. And, um... Oh, he's Real jerk. I'll tell um, you. His giant name cart. is Sandoni. Muscle Man Sandoni. Do you think he's the great star Sandoni? No, no. Uh, he's he's, scumbag, he's a scumbag. Now, this is the sheriff, Jim Hickory. And Jim Hickory's got three sons, but according, like, as far as the world is concerned, he only has two. That's Leo and Olin. You see him helping with the with the uh, logs here. Yeah. Now look, snap, it breaks. Hold on, hold on, hold on Pop. Let me use my briefcase to send the thing back. Now look, uh, look what they do. I mean, this, seriously, Mike, I, maybe it's a prop or something, but I could never do something like this. It doesn't matter if there are three guys. Yeah. Look at that. That's nuts, that's just pull your back. They also yes. should be, they should be singing Unchained Memory. Unchained loggery. <laughs> that reminds me of Skullduggery for some reason. Oh, here is there the he third is. son. He is the, the youngest brother. son, and he is the wimpiest son, and he is our 
Lloyd, um, Harold Lloyd. Now, what's he doing, Mike? What's he doing? He's churning butter, Carl. Right. That'll be our first joke because he's not churning butter. He's churning laundry. Oh, I see. What a like he first moment we see Harold Lloyd on the screen, he's very cash, he's stewing, he's yep. just chilling, like boom, we're oriented. Oh, right. that's pretty clever. He is, he is doesn't look it's on a kite, isn't that funny? Very clever, very musical movement. No, it's not. Yeah. That. Every episode, you're talking about the guy who made the mouse trap. Right, yeah, didn't you notice he lit a bird's feet on fire and then the bird knocked over a, a congressman talking and the hot air from the congressman caused Boom. the balloon to rise? Oh. Now you see him watching them, wishing he could do something like that, but he just can't. Now he is sad because it's like his father recognizes his two strong kids and not his youngest. That was a bonanza, wasn't it? They were always pissed on Hoss. I, you know... Never watched Bonanza? Not really. I I remember it was on, it was in the reruns, but it wasn't like one of those reruns you saw after when you were seeing Homesick from School. Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't even on the USA channel. Okay, so the first thing that happens, we put pressure on Harold Lloyd because he needs his white shirt, his fancy shirt for tonight's meeting. Now watch there's continuity problem. You see the goat is chewing. Uh Uh-huh. which is the background. That is not the greatest of all time. Boom! Oh, no. Oh, no, the kite. Right. But it gets stuck in the roof. That's pretty clever. Take 100 takes. Now, the the thing's really guided by a pole off camera, and we're going to see its shadow, so watch, because it'll take... Okay, here it comes. No, no, no. Here it is. There it goes. Yeah, I see it. Totally. But the thing is, it, it couldn't look like the shadow of the string, so it's not such a continuity. Who in his right mind would jump on a big pile of logs and to something like that? Okay, now, here we're going to meet bad guy. This is Hank Hooper. Essentially, the Hoop... The, the, the what about Hoops Hoops? are a famous family, and the Hoopers don't like them. The Hoops don't like them? No. This guy will go on to commit suicide next year. And I don't have any details on why he did it. Wow. He left his daughter behind, too. Look at this funny thing. You don't see that every day on the farm. Now, how did they make that happen for the movie? They killed about six or seven animals before they got the shot. <laughs> they had... Now, look. You see there's a little continuity area, he, he, error. He was chasing the pig, and now he was leaning against a fence. So anyways, like, he thinks he's taking his laundry. So he says, that's my laundry. My dad's good shirt. Now, look, the film sets it up that the father thinks that Harold is, like, sort of like the ne'er-to-do-well. But you'll see throughout this film that's not true at all. He is smart. He kicks ass. He fights. He is a yeah. true hickory. Yeah, that. man, hick- I'm, I'm yeah, team hickory, man. Nice, down the hill. Yeah, he didn't do it on purpose to trick him, but it happened. Wee, I mean, ouch. Right. Now watch how watch this trick he'll do. He trips him, gets on yeah. his back, and it retrieves the laundry. Now, this is very funny, too. He thinks those two socks are his, but they're a napping guy. So he gives it to the bad guy. Oh, and then the napping guy is like, who took my socks? 
Try to roll no! my shots. <laughs> we'll never see this guy again. That sock him to me, guy. Now watch how he tricks. Um, uh, watch how he tricks Hank again. He'll go up to get the laundry, and it's not clear if he thinks it's his. And he must think it's his laundry. Sure. But Harold will come and say, thank you. Thanks, Hoopy. <laughs> no one called him Hooper, right? It's always no, Hooper. they called him Hoop. Here's Dad. Where the fuck is my son? Uh-oh, it's another Hooper. The, now, this guy is the, the bad guy for the father. Oh. We have two Hooper bad Daddy guys. Daddy Hooper. Hey, have you seen Hooper's brother around here? Yeah, my name is Hooper. You can call me Hooper. Hey, Hooper's brother. Okay, so they've collected money from the town, sort of like taxes that are voluntary, to build a dam. It's going to oh. be a very good thing for the town. Son, how many times have I told you, we don't want no more trouble with these guys? But he's going to have lots of trouble throughout the film, and it's his own fault. Watch him kick him. Watch him kick. See, he kicks Hank. Yeah. Right in the ass. Yeah, he right deserves to be a hickory, and the dad needs to find that out. Son, so a lot of movies nowadays with father issues are always like, I, I just watched Strange World. It's like, no, dad, that's what you want to do. Right. That right. shit's in this movie, right? None of that. He wants to be a hickory. He wants to join the legacy. They're famous throughout the county. Uh, he wants to be one of them, and he he feels like he needs to earn his place. Well, actually, no, he doesn't feel like he needs to earn his place. He kind of mopes around a lot, and then later he will earn his place. Look, Carl, look, he has a string tied to the the comb to his mirror, so he'll never lose it. Right, it'll hang there. That's a good idea, right? That's a good life hack, yeah. Now look what <laughs> he he thinks. Oh, my shirt's fine. <laughs> now, look, Harold Lloyd wanted more jokes in this film than any of his films. So he hired eight gag men. Eight. Okay, watch. He can't come to the meeting because it's no place for boys. Uh, son, I'm just. Right, and now he'll start moping around. Damn it. And he'll like, he'll like do play pretend. Put on the sheriff's outfit. You'll see. So anyway, Harold Lloyd wanted this film to be really fucking hilarious. So he hired, I guess, okay, we would call them writers. Right. Yeah, gag call, writers. They call them gag men, at least back in the day. Well, maybe you're right. Maybe that's a current today term, too. I don't know. I'm not in the business. But if, if I was, I would be the top gag writer in the world. Oh, that's very braggy. Hey, give me a topic. I'll give you six gags like you <laughs> I've been trying to write this joke for a long time. It's about how, like, when jokes are obvious, like, you think of a joke that you wrote on your own, but it's been done before, and how it's not really plagiarism because you really didn't think it up on its own, your own, but you can't right. do it anymore. So it's like, I wrote this joke, and then I saw it on a rerun for Jackie Gleason, right? <laughs> and it makes me yeah. realize, I could write for Jackie Gleason! Yeah, right. Yeah, you're like, oh, man, it took a long time to write. Still have never made that joke work on full TV. Pull it out of the open mic. On. Maybe we'll, you and I will work on it. On sure. So now he's like pretending he's a sheriff, and then he gets shamed. His father's looking at him. What are you doing, little kid? 
You're not a sheriff. He's so good in Star Wars. You know, we well, watch Star a lot Wars of Buster Keaton. Huge hit. We watch a lot of Buster Keaton. I kept calling him Harold Lloyd because I love Harold yep. Lloyd so much. Yep. Yeah. Now, we're watching this as we've been doing the previous January because uh, thanks to the public domain law in the United States, Thank any you, film. Trump. Thank you, Trump, for not noticing that law got reactivated <laughs> during your administration. If that guy realized that, that the arts were, were getting free shit like this, he would no have way, planned. Man. No way, he man. He's got to make money. It was be, it, this was not in his radar, but it was in Disney's radar. We had a deal with public domain. The importance of public domain is that culture, we discuss culture, it's in our life, it's part of our life. We talk about Iron Man. We talk, these are part of our lives. And yeah. to tell these stories, at a certain point, the gatekeepers have to let go. They have to – can't be owned. You can't own Sherlock Holmes indefinitely. It's not reasonable. I mean, the guy who really made – you might own the rights, but you didn't make it. It's not reasonable. It's not reasonable. So they've been uh, making films, songs, books, and putting them in the public domain in the United States. Disney complained because Disney knows their time is up. They can't yeah, make money off of this anymore. They want to make their money. So they, Congress in the 90s passed the law to wait 20 years. Well, we waited 20 years, and now we're here, and this movie from 1927, along with other films, is in the public domain. And by other films, Carl, the jazz singer. Yes. The Tropolis. The first talkie. So oh, the whole thing was in the talkie, just the portion. Just the, just the part where the Jewish guy puts blackface on his, uh, on his face. Right. Hey, just... his own legacy and had no idea that it was going to. Okay, so. The medicine show stopped by and said, who signs the permits? He goes, the sheriff signs the permits, but he's not going to be interested. He ran the last medicine show out of town. So they see Harold Lloyd as, you know, he's pretending to be the sheriff in these scenes. He's playing, you know, he's on the porch. And they say, this guy's a fucking rube. We'll get him to sign the permits. And that's what they're uh, doing right now. They're, they're, they don't really they're know they're him. scamming him, but they are scamming him. But it's not legit. He's not the sheriff. He's a hickory, so it oh, will it be counts. legit. What a dumbass hickory. Yeah. Hickory dickory suck my dock. <laughs> Ow! Oh! The mouse ran up the clock. The clock struck one, the other got away. I like that one. Oh, yeah? I don't know what, yeah, where'd you get that? From a guy named Bill Aronson who goes to every Scotty show. He's a big but, but okay. every now and then he writes name, a name. name. That's Why not? Joke. Why not? This guy is a jerk. He should be called out. He goes and annoys all the comics. He thinks they're his friends. He goes into the back at the comic table and goes, hi, hi, and he just he just monopolizes their time. I want to talk to him. I want his side of the story. I want to hear his side of the story. Okay, fine. Yeah, all right. His uh, wife is Nancy Aronson, and she's a very nice, nice person. So is he giving him brownies? Thank you for the brownies. <laughs> so he's okay. The chairman's saying we collected all the money from the town for the dam, so we'll give it to the person we trust the most, our sheriff. But Hooper, you know, is not thinking he's trustworthy. And he goes, "What's that? What are you gonna do with the money? We're just setting it up. He's gonna be the pain in the ass bad guy throughout the film." Ah, uh, Hooper. You know, this movie, if it had Hoopers and Sullivans, I'd be like, look out, Hoop, Sully's coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you, I guess you could do Hick and 
Okay, so here's the medicine show, and here is our hero. It's Mary. Would you drink? Would you go to a medicine show and get snake oil and drink it? Well, is the year 1830, and I don't know what the fuck is going on in this world, and I just trust everything I hear. Yeah, I would yeah. buy that. I want to be a he-man. Well, that's the thing. Like, what did they promise? They promised like a boner, didn't they? Back in the no, 1830s. Okay, so, <laughs> so the San um, 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 San uh, Sandoni, not the great Sandoni. Sandoni will be a muscle man, and he'll be the example. This is what it can do for you. Now, look, he's pretty much gonna rape Mary. Right. How can that be? They're partners in a medicine show. They've known each other all this time. You know what I mean? Like, how could he? And now, why is at this moment? By mistake, hit Mary on the ass. Oh, holy cow, she's beautiful. Well, I like this guy. <laughs> it does convey, yeah. I like the bow tie. It's very important to wear a bow tie in the middle of nowhere. Well, it's 1830. That's as much a tie as a regular tie. I'm going out to the forest. Don't forget to wear your bow tie. Now, here comes Sandoni, and he sees what's going on. Mary sees it and says, uh-oh, this guy will protect me. Uh, yeah. Got now, this is either the sixth or seventh Harold Lloyd film that she's been the main queen, okay? Now, this will be the last one that she's in. Now, she has the supporting role in a film called Wings, and the internet raves about Wings. Okay, he's got a stick, but he doesn't see the snake. Of course, Sandoni does. So he thinks he, he scared him off. Right. Oh, right, because he's so waving the snake Mary. at him. But Mary does, and that's one of the reasons she likes him. He's going to look down and go, Exactly right, Mike. Could have been a gag man. Oh, right. I was number eight. Put a snake on it. You know, what's funny is... Most all of the gags got cut. Even though he worked so hard to make so many little jokes in this film, they didn't help the plot. They didn't move it along. Now, they're really sort of intimately touching for 1870s, 1850s, you know? Sure. So they're like both nervous. Mr. Hickory, I don't know how to thank you. Well, I have an idea. Uh-huh, right. Well, Hickory. Actually, it's a love thing. Who told you my name? Oh, the Hickories are famous. You signed. You signed away your lead. Uh, your deed. Don't you remember? Hickory. I, when I was in grade school, we Hickory Dickory Dock. Now <laughs> my dock. Oh yeah, I used to go to the Hickory Bar out at Willowbrook Mall. <laughs> get samples. You know that it would probably be rural at this time. I want you to know this whole film was shot in California, but it was rural. This yeah. is today's, um, it's it's Glendale, Burbank, oh, and near Pasadena. You know that's not rural today. No, it's not rural at all. And yeah, it is funny because you watch a lot of silence and there are like people walking around the forest. And it's like, yeah. wow, that's where we're, where the story takes place? Okay. But it's usually because it's outside the field. You that's mentioned, what they had, yeah. You mentioned Wings and uh, that she's in it. Wings also came out in 1927. It was considered... Uh -huh. It's known because it's the first Oscar winner for Best Picture. Ah, I see. It's but about World War One, I think. Okay, I have to tell you something. You see how we're elevating with his yeah. timing? Yeah, this that's pretty impressive. Yeah. 
this, they put the camera on a literal elevator that they made. It's pretty cool. Now, look, it's really cute. He gets up higher because she's going down a hill. She's like, what's your name? She goes, Mary. So, look, now she disappears below the hill, and he thinks of another question. So he goes up higher. Yeah, and there goes the elevator. Second floor. Tree Where do you live? Yeah, second floor. Location of trees. Where, Where do you, you live? live? And a man down by the river. <laughs> oh, in a horse and carriage down by the river. There she goes, disappearing down the hill. But he thinks of another question. Hey! Uh-oh, elevator. This is really funny. Yeah. And Harold Lloyd, look what he's doing. He's climbing a tree like it's so not A real tree. Now, this guy was just like Buster Keaton in that he was doing all his own stunts and everything. It was very pantomime uh, watch this. Watch this. So it's like he won't Whoa. really be falling all that elevation, but it doesn't make it safe. As a matter of fact, he would go on to lose his thumb. He lost his thumb after this film? Yes. There was a bomb, literal bomb, that he thought was a prop. He's like, ooh, he lost his fucking thumb. So in future movies... They put a glove on him, and it was really realistic. You didn't understand that he lost his thumb. You never saw it on TV. So fucking cool. He, uh, yeah, he's great. I love Buster. He's uh, Harold Lloyd. <laughs> You're doing it again, but in reverse. You know, so one of the things my, my father 